welcome to the Yoga Teacher Circle podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Ray, yoga teacher. You are needed now more than ever, and your unique voice, message, and offering needs to be shared with the world. In this podcast, we'll talk about all things related to teaching yoga to help you thrive doing what you love most, teaching yoga. So let's dive in. Why every yoga teacher should teach yoga with a trauma-informed lens. So important. So, so important. I truly believe that every yoga teacher should have an understanding of trauma and how it impacts the mind and body. Because every single person has experienced some form of trauma in their life. Which means your students show up to your class, your clients show up for a session, whether it's knowingly or unknowingly, with trauma, PTSD, or stress in their bodies, in their minds. And understanding how to teach yoga with a trauma-informed lens can really only help you better show up and serve your students, your clients, and your community. So today I want to cover and talk about how trauma-informed yoga helps those healing from trauma, why it's important for all yoga teachers to understand trauma, and ways to create a safer space for every body, all bodies. Yoga teachers are on the front lines in the world of healing, of creating change, serving, and you're really needed now more than ever. The world is experiencing a collective trauma with what's happening in the world right now, coronavirus, which has led to a lot of distress, job loss, losing loved ones, health concerns, financial stress, and then we have the Black Lives Matter movement currently happening. This couldn't be a better time for you to learn about trauma and trauma-informed yoga so you really can show up, serve your community in a way that's mindful, that's conscious, and not bypassing what's really happening and what people are really experiencing in their bodies as they show up to your yoga classes. The first thing I want to cover is really just what is trauma? Trauma is the response to an event that overwhelms someone's ability to cope and respond. It causes feelings of helplessness, hopelessness, and it disconnects someone from their sense of self and their ability to feel the full range of emotions and experiences. So it's the response to an event. Trauma is not the event itself, but the response to it, like I just said. So two people can experience the same event and have a completely different outcome. So one can walk away feeling off for a couple of weeks and maybe experience some more mild symptoms of trauma. And then the other person can develop long-term PTSD from the same exact events. And the onset of trauma symptoms might not even show up for months after the event, maybe even years. That's where it's, it's just such a unique experience to the individual and we can never assume or expect someone to have the same reaction to an event. There are many different forms of trauma and today I'm just gonna like lightly cover the three. So the first one is what's called acute trauma, which is a single overwhelming event or experience. So that could be like a car accident or a natural disaster or a single event of abuse or assault. Maybe it's a sudden loss. 
So one time, kind of like a shock. And then there's complex trauma, which results from multiple chronic or prolonged overwhelming traumatic events and experiences. So that might look like a long-term family violence or assault or abuse that happens over months, over years, so chronic. And then there's developmental trauma, which results from early onset exposure to ongoing or repetitive trauma. So as an infant, child, youth, and this often occurs within the child's caregiving system and it interferes with healthy attachment and development. So developmental trauma is really the most challenging, and I don't want to make that assumption, but it's just been what um, people have studied over the years and years and years and years of trauma. That developmental trauma can be one of the most challenging types of trauma to heal and recover from because it's so embedded into how you have been raised and who you are. So it can be the most challenging one to overcome and to heal from. This is really important to understand just through your basic symptoms because this is how your students and yourself even might be showing up to class or private sessions with you. So emotional signs can include sadness, anger, denial, fear, and shame. And that might lead into insomnia, emotional outbursts, difficulty in relationships, nightmares that might manifest into that. And then some physical symptoms that are just your most common and basic ones. Nausea, dizziness, altered sleep patterns, changes in appetite, headaches, illness or injury. So it can manifest itself physically. And then that can really lead into PTSD, depression, anxiety, dissociative disorders, substance abuse and addictions. Let's talk about now, so those are your signs and symptoms, but let's talk now about why. So that's just your basic understanding of trauma. What is trauma? How does it show up in us? And now let's talk about why is it important for all yoga teachers to understand trauma-informed yoga? And actually, before I begin, I'd love to hear from some of you that are on with me live right now. Are you familiar with trauma, with this conversation and trauma-informed yoga? Or is this a really new conversation, a new topic that you're starting to discover and learn right now? And you're continuing to educate yourself further. Why is it important for all yoga teachers to understand trauma-informed yoga? Trauma-informed yoga is people-informed yoga. Understanding trauma can only help you understand all the types of people showing up to your class. And when you understand people better, you understand humans better, all of the beautiful different types of people, the personalities, the different nervous systems, I think you'll organically want to create a more conscious, mindful, and safer space for everybody, a more inclusive and accessible space. I believe organically evolves and grows because you just start to understand that there's so many different types of people and needs in the world and people regulate themselves in different ways. Like I said earlier, every single person has experienced some form of trauma in their life. So your students and clients are showing up to class carrying trauma in their bodies and minds, whether it shows up for them as chronic stress or PTSD. 
As yoga teachers, we have the opportunity to share one of the most powerful practices that can help people heal. We offer the tools that can help others learn about themselves, their bodies, and their nervous systems. Yoga, somatic movements, the most powerful practice, it can be one of them to help heal trauma. And that's what we do, that's what we're here for. We just have such a gift to offer the world and that's why it's so important for us to understand the power, and we do, I know that we all are yoga teachers, we understand the power that this practice holds, but it can do so much in helping someone's journey in healing trauma. Let's talk about how now. So how can trauma-informed yoga help those healing trauma? Trauma-informed yoga helps to move from dysregulation into self-regulation. So trauma can freeze people into a state of hyper-arousal. So that's when they live on high alert, their nervous system is stuck on high. Or their nervous system might be stuck on hypo-arousal where they're shut down and dissociated, okay? So there's two things that people can get stuck on and you can waver between them as well. Hey, yoga teacher. So we all know it's been a really chaotic, crazy, and challenging time for everyone. And the world needs you now more than ever. I'd love for you to join me in my upcoming online trauma-informed yoga teacher training, September 26th and 27th. I believe every yoga teacher should have an understanding of trauma and how it impacts the mind and body. Every single person has experienced some form of trauma in their life, which means your students show up to yoga knowingly or unknowingly with trauma, PTSD, and chronic stress. Understanding how to teach yoga with a trauma-informed lens can only help you better serve your students, your clients, and your community. This training is held online, which means you can join in from anywhere in the world from the comfort of your own home. Register and secure your spot on my website at taylorrayyoga.com. Now, back to the episode. So trauma-informed yoga invites the student to use movement, mindfulness, and breath to regain a sense of inner awareness, of feeling, of connecting to sensation. And it helps to build resilience and to feel empowered. It helps to build capacity to meet discomfort and challenge with courage and compassion. And for some people, when they're living in a state of trauma, they're so disconnected from their thoughts, their emotions, their feelings, their bodies, sensation. That's why somatic movements, yoga can help to bring someone back into their bodies, back into inner awareness, inner listening, understanding their sensation, whether it feels good or bad, everything is okay. Exercise and movements can help to repair the nervous system. Within my yoga classes, I might bring in other forms of somatic movement that aren't technically yoga or yoga pose, but it's other ways that can help to create an opportunity for students to connect the brain and the body and to create a greater sense of inner connection, of inner listening. And if somatic, that word somatic is new for you, soma means body. And while yoga is a somatic practice, it's a 
style of somatic movement. It's also not always, but it's often offered and practiced in a way that doesn't lead to embodiment. And I don't mean that by it's always, I say it's often. Rather than feeling and experiencing ourselves in a yoga class, someone, the teacher, is telling us how to move and then we, the student, do the pose, the movement, without actually feeling it. Again, I don't say that like that's how every single yoga class is, and we might get deeper than that, but there are many, many yoga styles and practices that are so fast-paced. There's no time to pause and to connect inward, to listen, to see, how am I doing right now? So if we're moving without checking in, then how do we grow from that, okay? That's the difference in creating a trauma-informed yoga class is to bring in all these opportunities to create space for students to listen, to build that capacity to start to feel empowered in their own sense of self, in their own sense of how do I feel right now? What do I need right now? That's not to say that those vigorous classes are wrong or bad, because I think that they're very necessary too. And I think that they can be really beneficial. So some people, their bodies, their nervous systems, their minds need that vigorous, like, let me sweat, let's get flowing, let's get moving, to then calm down, to then start to feel this sense of, "Ah, now I can have a sense of stillness so I can listen. And as long as we're creating opportunities for our students to pause after that that vigorous movement and check in, then I think it's really beneficial and some people really need that. Other people, other nervous systems can get jacked up by that vigorous movement. So that might kick their anxiety up more and they can ground, they feel better when they're doing something that's slower, that's mindful, low to the ground, and that's how they get to pause, to listen, to connect. You're gonna start to see that everyone's really different. You know, I've had so many students that I wanted to take them into these slow, mindful practices, but they weren't ready. So I had to learn how to meet people where they're at and then drip in what they need. So that means like, okay, we're gonna start out with the first 20, 30 minutes, like we're flowing, we're moving, we're getting you all this energy out and then we're gonna go slower, more gentle, more mindful. Some ways to create a safer space for everybody. And what differs a general yoga class to a trauma-informed yoga class. And one of the biggest things that does create the difference is the language you use, the language you choose to use, so your verbal cues and how you speak. Language can be very triggering, especially for people that are already in a state of trauma. So a trauma-informed yoga class, the language is very invitational. It offers a lot of choices and options. So if any of you have taken my 200-hour YTT, this is exactly how I teach my students in YTT. So they learn to cue from a trauma-informed lens, and they never really had to relearn languaging. It's not as direct as a standard yoga class where the teacher tells you one way to do something. Using invitational language helps to teach the students that they have the power to follow what feels best for them. It teaches people how to be their own teacher, their own guru. 
That's the most important thing in a trauma-informed class, giving them tools and space to follow their needs, not telling them what they need to do or how they should feel or where they might feel something in their body. For example, like a really good invitational language or invitational cue would be something like, notice how you feel while holding this posture. What sensations are you experiencing? So that right there gives someone space to, to check in and say, hmm, how am I feeling? Oh, I'm feeling tight here, or I feel really good here. And there's no, trying to really keep it neutral, there's no good or bad in what sensation you are experiencing. As long as there's not sharp pain, right, or we're not forcing ourselves into a space that isn't right for us. Words like notice, explore, observe, those are all really invitational words. And also using language that invites people to explore variations and choices without any hierarchy of posture. I took out the word modification from my teaching language probably three, four years ago now, and I haven't used it since. And the words I use now are variations, options, because modification can give off this better than, less than. Oh, if you can't do this pose, here's the modification for it. And that can leave students and leave people, especially if they're already in a sensitive space, feeling like, well, I'm not good enough. I can't do this then. I shouldn't even try. Why am I here? I can't do it the way that I see other people doing it in the room. Some other language might be to not use. So let's talk about language that you might not want to use would be if you want to find the full expression of the pose here it is right so that's showing someone this is the full expression of the pose and if you can't do it then you might not really be doing the pose right and that might make someone feel like less than again so I took that languaging out of my teaching also, full expression. It's just options, variations. What variation feels good in your body right now? Or language like, for the advanced version, try this. Again, languaging I took out, beginner, intermediate, advanced. It's just options. Explore what version you want to try, you want to play with. Or if you're a beginner, bring your knees down in chaturanga. So I don't speak like that. That can help create a space of, again, oh, I must not be doing it right and make people feel less than. Or if you can't do the advanced version, here's the modification. Same thing, right? Instead, offering options like what I already said earlier, explore what variation feels best in your body right now. Option to lower your knees down or keep them up in Chaturanga. Choose what works for you today. How do you feel about this type of languaging? And when you've been in a yoga class before and there has been languaging like, here's the modification, if you can't do this pose, do the modification. If you're a beginner, do this one, right? So all the different examples I gave, how does that make you feel when you've taken a yoga class before and you've heard that and that might've been you? And I think that one of the most important things is that we normalize as teachers, we normalize how everyone and all bodies look different in postures. So if we're teaching and we say, you know, every body is so different and you guys are all going to look so different in this pose. 
And that's going to help people to not look around and compare themselves and say, oh, that's what I should look like. So I'm going to force myself to try to get there. And then boom, injury hurts or just ego or negative self-talk, right? So things that happen internally that we might not see. Depending on who you're teaching, so depending on if it's a sensitive population or a general public yoga class, the types of postures you teach and the sequencing will look very different. You can bring in many, many elements of a trauma-informed yoga class into your general public yoga classes, which when I teach public classes, that's exactly what I do. I teach a flow or restorative class with languaging that's trauma-informed, with everything that we just talked about, using options, variations. and But that does look different than if I'm teaching a sensitive population. I think that every teacher who does teach in a studio or gym setting really, really would benefit from bringing in elements of trauma-informed yoga. Because just like we're talking about, it creates a safer, inclusive space. It makes yoga more accessible and it invites people to understand themselves in a deeper way. And that's the purpose of yoga, right? Union, uniting mind, body, and soul. And if we're teaching classes that don't create space for people to connect within, then it's just working out. We're not actually really teaching yoga. If you did, and you might be, right? So when I'm teaching sensitive populations like sexual assault victims, incarcerated individuals, veterans, youth, addiction and eating disorder recovery, the list goes on. Each group, so what everyone I just listed, they're all going to look different from each other in the way you teach, the words you use, the postures you choose to teach, the sequencing, the setting, and the space. That's something that you got to go much deeper to learn each topic, right? And I'd love to hear from you. Are you interested in teaching sensitive populations or are you interested in bringing uh, trauma-informed yoga into your general classes so you're just bringing elements of it into your public classes? That's really what I wanted to cover today. And I really, really thank all of you so much for being here, for joining me, for stepping into this important conversation to either continue to build upon your understanding of trauma, or maybe it's newer for you to start stepping into. And really the ultimate goal is to create a safer space for your students, for your communities. Thank you so much for listening in today. I'd love to stay connected with you in between episodes. You can find me on Instagram at Taylor underscore Ray Yoga and join the free private yoga teacher circle Facebook group, which is full of some pretty awesome and badass yoga teachers. 